Guys, welcome to Questions with Caden. This is episode Trace, episode three, and I'm so excited for today's episode. Um, today's episode is something a little bit different. I feel like I kind of want to sit down and have a little bit different of a conversation with you guys today. If you clicked on the episode, you already know what the question is. The question is, why don't I fit in? And I think it's a question that a lot of us have asked ourselves, a lot of believers maybe have asked ourselves. I know it's a question, and today I'm going to be speaking to the, or preaching to the choir really because it's a question that I asked myself a lot as a younger believer, as someone who walked through life meeting people that weren't believers and feeling like, you know what, I just don't fit in, I can't find my groove, who am I? And I feel like by the end of today's podcast, we're going to know who God has called us to be, the position he's given us. And I think we're going to be able to have a little a little better perspective on maybe why you feel like you don't fit in. I'm really excited for today's episode. But before I jump in, I do want to make kind of a cool announcement. It is official right now that Questions with Caden is out on iTunes, the Apple Podcast app. You can listen so you don't have to only go to YouTube. And then hopefully in about a week or so, it will be on Spotify as well. And then after that, Google Play. And then after that, Stitch and all the above. I'm trying to get us on all podcast platforms. I'm just excited about that because not um, always do we have the time or do you guys have the time to like sit down and watch a YouTube video. But you may have the time to put on a podcast while you drive or while you work and um, gain a little bit of knowledge and insight and, and wisdom that way. But I'm really excited to jump into today's episode and today's question. I think it is one that seems like, um, I don't know if I asked myself that question, but I believe that all of us at some point um, feel this way. So let me pray and let's jump in. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the questions that we ask in our lives. We thank you that you are a God that is not threatened by our questions, but you actually like our questions because it makes us come closer to you to get them answered. We love you, Father. We pray that today you would speak. In your name we pray. Amen. Let me just put my phone on silent here real quick. Getting texts from my brother-in-law. Shout out my brother-in-law, Jordan. If you guys like how everything looks, like the camera, the tree, the sign, the lighting, the quality, shout out my brother, my brother-in-law, Jordan, really just my brother. He helped me with all of it. Um, I wouldn't be able to do any of this without him. So thanks for texting me, Joe. I'll get back to you, bro. Just not now. Um, I, uh, when I thought about today's question and thinking about why don't I fit in, I really felt like it was a, a side of me that I maybe never talked about as a kid. And I think it was a side of me that I walked, um, I walked through for a large period of time thinking about myself, like, why don't I ever feel like I fit in, in these friend groups, feel like I fit in at school, feel like, and I think that, um, it's important for us to lay a foundational scripture today, John fifteen nineteen. In the NLT, it says, the world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. I think it's important that we read that, and I want to read the last part um, one more time. It says, I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. And it's a little bit like you read that, and you're like, whoa, it hates, it hates me. What did I do? Why does it hate me? I didn't do anything wrong. But the fact is that the world isn't threatened by me. It's not threatened by you. The world isn't 
isn't um, weary of you or the things you believe is threatened by Jesus because Jesus goes against the grain, goes against the opposite of what the world says we need, goes against the opposite of what we say is going to fulfill us, goes against the opposite of what we think is friendship and true community. And Jesus rewrites all of that. And so when people hate us, what they really hate is seeing our Heavenly Father in us. I remember when I was a kid, um, I think maybe this was like seventh grade, I think. Do y'all remember the uh, dance move, The Jerk or Jerkin? You know that song, you a jerk, I know, you a jerk, I know. We're going to get copyrighted. But, (laughs) no, you won't, because you're out of key and it sounded nothing like the song. Anyway, there was a song, it's called uh, Jerk. I think it was the song, and me and my friends in, like, sixth or seventh grade, we would always, like, dance to that song, like, in at, like, recess or whatever. Like, so weird. Why do we do that? I don't know. Um, but all my friends, most of them did not grow up in a Christian home like I did. So a lot of the times they would play music or they would, like, show me something or they would talk about stuff that I had no idea existed. And instead of being like, yo, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I've never heard of Drake in sixth grade. I didn't know who Drake was. I've never heard of any of these rappers you guys are talking about. I just listened to Air One only. I didn't even know there was any other music other than Air One and Country. But instead of pretending or instead of confessing that I didn't know these things, didn't know what they were talking about, had no idea what the cool hat to wear was, or what the what the rappers were doing, I pretended I did. I don't know if you've ever done that. If someone's ever been like, hey, have you seen that movie? You know that one where they're like, and they start quoting the whole movie, and you never seen the movie, but you don't want to break their heart, so you're just like, yeah, dude, great movie. I love that. I love that movie. It's so good. That's what I did. That's, that's how I would be. I'd be like, yo, yeah, great song. Great song. Yo, yeah, the hook goes crazy in that song. Just nuts. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Who'd you say it was by again? T.I.? Who's Ty? T- no, it's T.I.? I'm not T.I.? And so I would just play along that I knew what these people were talking about because at the end of the day, I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to not go against the grain. I just wanted to find the grain, slip into the groove, and cruise with my friends and fit in and be a part of of what they were doing. And I think that that's the condition of being a human. That's a condition of um, how we live nowadays and, and how our world is so consumed with the idea of being on trend and being in fashion and being, being accepted. And it almost gets to the point where we are willing to do anything, to pretend to be anyone so that we can feel like we fit in. And the reality is, in John 15, 19, like we just said, it tells us that God has called us out of the world. See, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And sometimes I I love when Christians say that, like, yo, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. So I just stick my nose up at people, and I don't like what they're doing. But the reality is, is God has called us to be, while we are in this world, to not think like this world, but have an impact on this world. And sometimes that requires us to not fit in. I think this brings me to my number one point of today. And I think it's something that is really important for us to answer the question, why don't I fit in? It's because you weren't made to fit in. You were made to stand out. 
You don't believe me? Let me read you some verse. Matthew five fourteen through 16 says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. My favorite part of this verse is the first part. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. You weren't called to fit in, to hide, to stand behind other people, to do what everyone else is doing. You were called to stand out on a hilltop and be the light of the world. When I think about that, I think about kind of like a, uh, like a bug. I don't know if you've ever been camping, but I grew up camping. Like it was the thing we loved to do. It was what my family did for vacations. And so every year, I think I've talked about this, we would go camping. But one thing that you realize when you're camping is that at nighttime, all the bugs come out and you're, they are attracted to the light. So if you're carrying a lantern or there's a fire or there's your flashlight, there's going to be bugs just swarming that. Why? Because bugs are attracted to light. And I would argue and I would present to you that although you feel like you don't fit in, that those people that are making you feel that way are actually attracted to your light. They just don't know why. They may be frustrated by your light. They just don't know why. So I would encourage you that the first thing that we need to understand to answer the question, why don't I fit in, is because you weren't ever supposed to. You were never supposed to. When we were placed on this earth, when, when God decided to make humans so that he could have fellowship with us, not because he was lonely, because he wanted to have fellowship with us. And the world broke, I guess we can call it, and became a broken, sinful world. And then Jesus came and he left. He, he said that we are to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, to bring people to him. And sometimes it rubs people the wrong way. I think I, I love to look at the life of Jesus and I just think like, how many people actually liked this dude when he was here? And I would argue with you, not that many, because he was crucified and killed. And now I'm not saying go get crucified and killed, but I am saying that there is an aspect of being a Christian that doesn't allow you to fit in. Why? Because you're supposed to stand out. I love like, li- like looking at the story of Peter. Jesus calls Peter and he says, hey, get out of the boat. And he does this multiple times. The first time he does it is when he asks him to be a disciple and follow him. He says, get out of the boat. Let's go fish for men. The second time is when he is, uh, Peter and the disciples are on the lake in a storm and they see Jesus walking on water. And Peter jumps out of the boat. God hasn't called you to sit in the boat, to sit with everyone else on the boat, to be mundane, to stay normal, to fit into those things. God has called you out of the boat onto the water as a city on a hill, the salt of the earth. That's you. Because you weren't ever supposed to fit in. You were called to stand out. I also love the story of Lazarus. If you don't know the story of Lazarus, quick recap. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus's who passed away. And Jesus goes and calls Lazarus out of the grave. They had already buried this guy. And Jesus says, get out of the grave. In other words, Jesus says, come out, stand out. And I think there's so many times in our lives 
that we become like Peter and Lazarus and we decide, no, maybe it's just a little bit easier so I can fit in if I would just stay in the boat. Or maybe it's just a little bit easier if I would just hide with the others on the boat or I wouldn't get out. Maybe it'd be easier if I just stayed in my grave around the things that were dead, the, 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 around the dry bones because it was comfortable and because no one would look at me different and no one would say, oh, that's the guy and no one would point the fingers and no one would. But that's not who you are. You're called to come out, come out of the boat, come out of the grave, stand on a hilltop, be a city on a hill, be the light of the world. And it is an honor that we get to be that, that God would ask us and call us to be that. Because it's like I was I went to dinner with a friend last night and I think one of the things we talked about was like it's crazy because God doesn't really need us. He just wants us. Like God doesn't need me to get this point across to you, but he wants to use me to get it to you. And I think that's the same is true in your life. God wants to use you. God wants you to stand out so that he can stand out. Because if we drown ourselves as the image bearers of Jesus, if we drown ourselves in the crowd, if we drown ourselves in, in the trend, in what everyone else is saying, then we're also drowning Jesus in those same things as well. Because we are, are called to be the hands and feet, to be a city on a hilltop, to be the light of the world, so that not so people can see us, but so that people can see Jesus. I think point number two for today is also really important for us to understand and maybe it it's, um, kind of goes along the lines of why we don't fit in and, and also maybe why people don't like us or why people would call us something or why people would say you're a name or you're this or you're that. I think it, it, it comes down to this. People like to label things they don't understand. I think the biggest evidence of that in Scripture is as Jesus is living out his ministry, as Jesus is healing the sick, as he is casting out demons, as he is ministering and bringing the kingdom of God here onto earth, the Pharisees don't like it, and they don't understand it. So they say, hey, this guy has authority over demons, so he must be a prince of demons. He must serve the prince of demons. When in reality, they labeled something they did not understand. I think the same can go for, for the disciple Thomas. If you know what he is typically called, he is called Doubting Thomas. And it, it's just, it, 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 he got that nickname because in John chapter 20, after Jesus has been crucified, um, he, Jesus comes back and reveals himself after he's risen from the grave to his disciples. But Thomas wasn't there. So in John chapter 20, it tells us that Thomas said, after he heard from the disciples, yo, Jesus came back. Thomas said, yo, I'm not going to, I'm not going to really just take your word for that. That's a big deal. I got to see this. But the thing is, is us as Christians have now labeled him Doubting Thomas, when in reality, we labeled him something, but we don't understand the true meaning of the situation. Maybe he wasn't Doubting Thomas. Maybe he was just Logical Thomas. Maybe he wasn't Doubting Thomas because he wasn't there when everyone else saw. Maybe he was just Tardy Thomas. And the reality is, is that we get labeled things because people don't understand. I just want to ask you, what have you been labeled? What are the gifts that you have and are, are abundant in your life that people are afraid of and have labeled? For me in my life, one of the biggest things that I was labeled, I was labeled a problem kid or a talker in school. Like this kid can't stop talking. This kid can't stop moving. This kid can't stop 
like wanting to get to know other kids. This guy is just causing problems. But in reality, what was happening was my gift of talking was the exact same thing that people were labeling as my curse. If I didn't have a gift to talk, I wouldn't be able to do this. If I didn't have a gift to talk, I wouldn't be able to preach. If I didn't have a gift of, of speaking, I wouldn't be able to do what I know God has called me to do. But in, my, in the past, people had labeled it not as a gift, but as a curse. It was my problem. And so I wonder, as we urge to want to fit into the crowd, as we urge to want to be the people that fit in, that are cool, that run with the crowd, what is it that we have been labeled or what gift have we decided isn't a gift but a curse because of what other people have labeled? I think it's important that when we understand that we weren't meant, we were never meant to fit in, but we were meant to stand out, that we know that what God is doing in our lives and the gifts that he has given us are not bad things, but they're God things. Because I, I, the reason I want to say that is because a lot of the times while you are trying your best to fit in, trying your best to figure it out, trying your best to be a part of that friend group or be um, the cookie cutter football player or be what your parents say you're supposed to be, you lose what God has called you to be. And that's critical. Because if we never know what God has called us to be, we never know who we are. I was talking last night with a friend too, and we were talking about the um, we're talking about pride and humility. And he had a great he had a great um, breakdown of what he believed humility was. He said it had three aspects: it had position, it had attitude, and it had action. In order to be humble, you have to know your position. And as children of God, as co heirs to the throne, as victors in Jesus, we know our position. Our position is to be a city on a hill, to be the light of the world. That's your position. And your attitude is to reflect that. Your attitude is to say, nope, this is not getting me down. Nope, I will not fall into the grooves of the crowd and the trend. Nope, I will fight against it. No, because I know what my position is, so I know what my attitude must be. And then lastly, what my actions are, are followed by the other two. And my actions would be to be the city on the hill, to not fit in, but to stand out. And how crazy is it? That God has so much for us that he doesn't want us to conform to this world, but he wants us to form this world. The reason God has called us to not fit in, but to stand out is because the things that we're trying to fit into are not from him. We're trying to fit in to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to do a certain thing, to make a certain amount of money, to be a certain amount of successful are not from God. What God wants us to do is take those things of the world and work them and filter them through the word. And learn what it is that God really wants us to do and take the world. And instead of conforming it, we form it. We learn what it looks like to stand out and not fit in. And we're left with something that God has given us. That is our giftings. That is our purpose. That is a way to lead people to him. But if you only want to fit in, you'll never stand out. I want to, This leads me into point number three. God wants to do with you what other people don't expect. 
In other words, I'll say it this way. Because God wants to do with you what doesn't match what other people expect from you, you won't fit in. What do you mean by that, Caden? I mean that people put a certain label on you and expect a certain thing from you. And when you don't act or meet their expectations, you don't fit in. However, as Christians, as believers, we know that what we are called to, what we fit into, what our expectations are to meet are not set by the world or people, but they're set by God. I love to like think about it this way. I love to think about the story of David. You know King David. If you don't, let me give you a quick breakdown. King David is a man in the Bible, the man who killed Goliath, the man who became a king, who started off as a shepherd boy, who God called and anointed when nobody else thought that he was worthy of being king. But this is the story I want to focus on. The story of David and Goliath is a story that can be somewhat cliche for Christians in um it's like a Sunday morning Bible like school story that little kids learn. However, there's so much power in that story. And the thing that I want to focus on in the story is when David goes down to meet Goliath, he had no idea that he was going to fight him. See, the story says that David was actually, he was too young to fight in the army. And so David was actually bringing lunch. He was bringing supplies to his brothers who were fighting in the army who were about to fight the Philistines. And now the Philistines had a giant named Goliath who for weeks on, on end was, was tormenting and mocking the Israelite army, saying that they could never beat him. And the army just stood by and watched in fear. So when David shows up with his ham and cheese sandwiches ready for his brother to give it to him, he walks through the army and he sees that there's something off about a powerful Israelite army who is sitting afraid to face the giant Goliath. And as he's walking through the camp, he hears out the cries of Goliath mocking, mocking God, mocking who they believe in, mocking who they serve, mocking them. And David says, who's letting him talk like this? Are we just going to sit by? Are we just going to watch? Where's King Saul? Who's going to fight this guy? But here's the point that I want, you to, I want you to focus on and I don't want you to miss. As David is asking those questions, his brothers come running out to him. And they shut him down immediately. Hey, you're just a shepherd boy. You're too young. You're too small. You're not enough. You've never fought. You're not a warrior. You're just a shepherd. You just, do, you just lead sheep. Get out of here. Shut up. And see, what happened was his brothers had created a label and an expectation for David. And when David didn't meet those expectations, David no longer fit in. However, you and I both know we weren't called to fit in. We were called to stand out. So David starts walking around the camp saying, hey, somebody give me something. I'm going to go fight this guy. And as his, his wild words reach the king, King Saul, Saul goes, I got to have a meeting with this kid. So he calls David into his tent. They sit down for coffee, and King Saul says, hey, listen, kid, I love the, I love the enthusiasm. I love that you believe in yourself that much, but here's the reality. You're just a kid. You're just a shepherd boy. This is a seasoned warrior, and you'll never win. So David looks him right in the eyes, and he says, I've fought a lion. I've fought a bear, and I serve a good God who is a victor who has already won, and I'm going to go kill this dude. 
And as David gets up to walk out of the tent to go fight Goliath, Saul says, okay, well, if you're going to fight him, then take my armor. What I think is interesting about that is even as David tried to leave, Saul tried to place a label on David. He tried to put David in the clothes of a warrior. Why? Because he didn't see David as a warrior. He saw David as a shepherd boy. And then as soon as David said that he was a warrior, he said, okay, well, warriors look this way. They wear this thing, and this is what they do. Again, Saul was placing expectations on David so that he would fit in. But David knew he was not called to fit in. He was called to stand out. So the story unfolds. David walks out unafraid of Goliath. He picks up a stone. He uses a sling. He catches Goliath right between the eyes with his rock. Goliath drops to the floor. David runs over and cuts his head off with his own sword. And the thing that I love about that story is that if David would have listened to everyone that he came encounter with on his way to fight Goliath, he would have never fought Goliath. And maybe even if he did fight Goliath, he would have been sitting there allowing the voices of everyone else who wanted him to fit in speak over him and he would not have had the confidence in God, the faith needed to beat Goliath. I think it's important that you in your life, you don't listen to the voices around you that are putting labels and expectations on who you are and who are making you look a certain way, who are saying you have to be this, you have to do that, you have to be this, you can't be that, you can't be this, you're just a blank, you're just a blank, you've only blanked. And we could all fill in the blanks with things that people have said or the reasons why people want us to fit in. But I'm telling you that you're not called to fit in. You're called to stand out because God doesn't fit in. He stands out. I think as as I close today's episode, I wanted to make it a quick one today. And I don't know if it is. I lost track of time. But I think it's important that we know as as believers that just like the verse I read in in, in the beginning, like, The world has a tendency to hate us. If you watch any of the climate of stuff that's going on right now, sometimes it feels like, man, I really don't fit in. Man, it's really hard to be a Christian. Man, nobody understands me. People think I'm crazy. People think I hate them. People think, and we can fill in the blanks all day long. But the reality is, is that the enemy would love for you to think that you don't fit in, that you have no place, that you don't have anyone that loves you, that you don't have anyone that wants to surround themselves with you and surround you in love and support and prayer. But the reality is, is that when we accept Jesus, when we say, God, you are my savior, I want to give my life to you, we become adopted through faith. And through, through Jesus' sacrifice into the family of God. And we become heirs to the throne. We become heirs to the kingdom of heaven. I want to encourage you as I close today. You may not feel like you fit in here. But know that you fit in in the presence of Jesus. You fit in in his arms. You fit in in his comfort. You fit in in his house. And sometimes it just takes us stepping out of our comfort zone. Getting in a small group. Finding a church that we can, that we can link up with. That we can find. That we can grow. That we can meet people. And we can have deep relationships with. That will allow us to see that we may not fit in in the world. But we fit in in the house of God. We belong where Jesus is. I love you guys a lot. 
Um, I know this episode was a quick one, but I think it's really important that as we move forward, as we mature as believers, that we understand, you know what, there may be places where we don't fit in. There may be spaces where we don't fit in. There may be opportunities that pass us by because people have labeled us a certain way, but I just want to encourage you, God has a lot for your life. You were never called to fit in. You were called to stand out. I'll see you guys next week for another Questions with Caden. I'm really excited for that question as well. I think next week's question is going to be, should I make you guys wait? I'll just make you wait. What's it going to be? You'll have to wait till next time. I love you guys. I'm praying for you guys. I believe every single one of you has a greatness on the inside of you because Jesus lives inside of you. And I think that every single one of you is called to an amazing, amazing life. And I'm praying that you get to live that. I love you guys so much. I'll see you on the next one. Need more of God's power in your life? I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical tips on how to grow your faith through prayer. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.